0: Father, thank you so much that we're here. Thank you that um, you have stirred our hearts, Lord, to do this. And I I just praise you because you do that, because nothing that we do is almost... It's like you stir us up to think about these things and to do them. So I thank you for the ideas to do it. I thank you for the the amazing work of your spirit within us to enable us to do these things. And, And I just praise you because we wouldn't do any of it. I think we... Philip mentioned this morning that verse which... We all know, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And so, Father, that's what we're doing right now. Unless you start to build this house, we labor in vain, and we thank you for it. We want to be doing your will, Lord, not because we have to, but because we know the great joy that we will find in it. And so we praise you for that, and thank you. And and we offer this morning and all of our discussion uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm not really going to talk very long. Maureen and um, Jill are going to talk mostly. Um, But I did want to start because we are desiring truth and we are uh, from... um, I wanted to start in the scripture, really, about it. Not that they won't, but I I wanted to talk about something. And I came across some verses in Acts uh, a little while ago. Um, The first thing... uh, I'm sure Maureen will talk about it, but but one of the first things is that today we're going to talk about a particular mode of evangelism, a particular way, but it's not the only way. And so for everyone here, if you have ideas um, that you want to share, please do so. Um, I don't know how much time we'll have today, but this is not the end. We're not doing one session and stopping. This is the beginning of something. And so if you have ideas, please... um, Bring them. Talk. We can talk about them. We can do this again. We can, uh, because this is going to be a thing that that we do in Desiring Truth. So that's the first thing. Um, but yeah, in uh, Acts chapter 20, um, uh, I'm going to read from verse 22 to 20 uh, to 20 to 38. Sorry, Acts chapter 20, 22 to 38. And this is Paul speaking. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God be on your guard for yourselves and for all the flock among uh, and for all the flock among which the holy spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of god which he purchased with his own blood I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be on the alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything, I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed for them all. And they began to weep aloud and embraced Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grievingly, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken that they would not see his face again, and they were accompanying him to the ship. Um, yes, yes. And I just think that these... Uh, I love that verse that uh, almost at the beginning, verse 24, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself. Uh, so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God, and really I think that 's what um, I do believe that 's what the lord 's calling this ministry to to not consider our lives of any account as dear to ourselves, that we might finish the, the, or that we might um, finish the course and the ministry which we have received from the Lord Jesus and um, Sometimes it's it's difficult to hold on to that, I think, that we have actually received this ministry because we think of ourselves in such a small way, mostly. And um, it seems almost arrogant to say that God's given us this ministry um, or that Jesus has called us into it. But I think that's also deception, you know, that's also from the enemy that we, and, and it stymies a lot of Christians because they think, who am I that I could do this? and And why would God ask me to do this? And um, and really what that's doing is uh, keeping our eyes from God. Because it's not who am I, it's who is God. It's not who, how could he use me, it's how will the Lord Jesus work through me. It's not, so it's really not about me. And um, I guess that's why you're here, because you know that already. I wanted to just talk about some of the things that Paul says here, really, um, because... Um, He's speaking to them about all that's happened in his first two missionary journeys, and he's telling his friends how he feels right now. And um, he doesn't hide from them the fact that he he is bound in his spirit to go to Jerusalem. Uh, there is, you know, there's a sense that he he's constrained by the spirit of God to do what God has called him to do and he knows that danger definitely and possible death awaits him in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit has witnessed that to him in city after city Um, and I think when I read these verses I know that I and I suspect a lot of us would be would have been thinking about a way to escape that we'd have been thinking that's the work of the enemy that that can't be what God wants and that. Why would he want us to face this danger and possible death because we're doing his work and he's called us to it and why would that be? But Paul, I think Paul's testimony here shows me that God does call us to that. That he does call us into dangerous situations and he does tell us that we don't know the end from the beginning and we don't know the cost of this but he's saying to us right up front that, you know, this might be, you know, danger will, will. chains awaited Paul. And, and, he, and he, he knew that and he put it in the balance and said, but it's so much more important for me to finish the course and the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus. And so um, none of those things would change his mind. I suppose that's where I've got to. None of those things would change his mind because he had decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. It's that wonderful song, you know. Yes. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And it didn't matter to him what would happen to him. In fact, he's announcing this to, to his friends, I think mostly for their sake, not for his own. And um, so, uh, as I say, I think he'd drawn up a balance sheet. You see that clearly in Philippians, you know, which... I'm often talking about. I know Philippians chapter three, which is Paul's personal testimony. Um, Whatsoever things were gained to me, I have considered loss. He goes through that passage from verse seven all the way to about verse fifteen or sixteen, and he says, "I've looked at my past, I've looked at my present, I've looked at my future, and they are nothing to me compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord." And I think, in this, in this. Uh, I don't even know what to call this, this isn't a program, this isn't, I don't know what this is, this is a, uh, an initiative, I don't know, it's a something, it's a something. In this, in this I think that for all of us, uh, and I hope that we're just the core, they're just the beginning of what, what's going to happen here, but I think we have to come to that place, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whatsoever things were gained to me. I have counted as loss because I think in this initiative, in this thing that we're going to start doing, there will be such tremendous blessing for us that actually in some ways the side effect of other people coming to Christ is almost like a side effect because this is a work that God is calling us to do and because of that it will be great joy. And so so I think that we have to right up front draw up the balance sheet you know, draw up the balance sheet, what, what do we want, you know, it's possible, uh, in fact it's highly likely that I'm going to move to London um, for six months <laughs> to uh, see what that's like and to live in London um, and that will be difficult because it's a harder journey down here and it's... Um, you know, there'll be more pulls on my time because I've got five grandchildren and they all, live, they all live within five minutes of me. And so, um, so there will be... It's a difficult thing, you know. And so I, I know that God's speaking to me about you need to draw up what's important. You know, what, 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 what can you not move from? You know, I can move house and I can live there, but what, what is absolutely imperative to you? What will you not... Move away from, and I have to say that, come what may, this is what's important—the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly to the grace of God—and um, and that's what I think we all have to do. There are always reasons not to do things. There are always reasons. There are always obstacles. There are always distractions. There's always life, <laughs> life going on, and um, and we have to decide, you know, what we're going to do. So that's the first thing. I think Paul weighed up his life and he made a list and he decided everything on the one side did not match the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ and fulfilling the ministry that he'd been given. The second thing I think he did was he knew this was a race. This was a, he calls it a course, um, so that I may finish my course. So he, he thinks about it as a race, you know, from other places. He decided he would finish the course, he would finish the race. And I think, honestly, I mean, when I look around the room, I see mature believers. Juliet, I know you're new, but you're coming here with this desire to, um, to learn and to grow and to, to be used by the Lord. And that's, that's the work of God in you. It's the work of God in all of us. And, he, and this, this understanding that once you start this race... There's no joy in going off the side. If you watch Olympic athletes, some of them, when they, they get kicked over or tripped up and they fall off the edge of the track, you know the ones who have that mature mindset, because they get up and they start running again, and they finish. course and there's always tremendous ovation for them even if they come last they finish the race that they began and that's what I think we have to do too we have to decide I'm going to finish this race I'm not going to allow anything from the enemy to stop me finishing this race and um, I'm not saying you know when we talk about evangelism you may not be the one who goes out on the street you may be the one who sits upstairs and prays You may not be the one who uh, leads the conversation or leads a small group. or You may be the one who supports the person who's leading the small group. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is that God will call you specifically to do, but I can assume that he's called you to this ministry because here you are. So it's the decision, you know, will you weigh up your whole life? And then will you decide once you start, you're not going to finish, you're not going to stop. Because we have a lot of people who offer to do things for us. They offer to help with this or help with that. And they stop. They stop. Because life gets in the way. And you understand it and your heart bleeds for them and you know things are difficult and you know that you, you know they're in a hard place. But that's what Paul's in. He knew that chains and bonds awaited him. He knew that possible death awaited him. But he... he considered that nothing compared to this finishing his course. And I want to say that to you. I want to say it to myself too. I want to say, well, am I really going to finish this race? Am I really going to decide that whatever I think about myself and whatever other people say about us, I am finishing the work that God has given me to do. And that's the second thing. He knew that the work was God's gift to him. And even though death sickness, chains, imprisonment, persecution, he still understood it was the gift of God. It's a gift to be able to serve God in this way. It's a gift to be able to go out on the street and talk about Jesus. It's a gift to be able to pray for those who are doing that. That's a gift from God. And all the pain and all the difficulty and all the persecution is part of the gift because all of it will draw you closer to God that's what paul knew he knew he'd received it from the lord he says there but i do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that i may finish my course and the ministry which i've received from the lord he knew he'd received it it was a, it was god's gift to him and therefore and he knew one day he would give an account to the lord for what he'd done with the gift that he'd received 2 Corinthians, you know, we never like to talk about it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what we did for the deeds done in the body, what we did with the gift, the great gift that he gave us. And then he knew that his words and his life were a witness and would bring others to faith. That's why he can write Philippians from prison and say, uh, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He wrote the three Philippians, Colossians and Ephesians from prison. You know, he wrote them from prison. He was in chains. And he wrote those letters. And you read them and they're probably the most wonderfully uplifting and encouraging letters in the New Testament. But he wrote those in prison and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. In fact, in Philippians, he can say, I I think that I could die, but actually I think I'm going to be more useful alive, so I think God will keep me alive. That's a paraphrase, but it didn't make any difference to him. So, uh, you know, that's for us too. You know, you think about Paul, and he must have been the greatest evangelist and the greatest teacher ever. And we're not Paul, but we're who we are, and God is God. And God will do it. And one day, uh, Linda, you talked about this yesterday. One day, mm-hmm. we will realize the extent of how God has used us. Mm-hmm. And it will be glorious. Mm-hmm. And there'll be no more doubt about whether we should have done this or did that. And did it have any effect? And did it have any meaning? Because it will be, we will see the result mm-hmm. of us finishing the course. Mm-hmm. I'm probably tired. That's why I'm crying. I love so. that Yeah, exactly, it is, exactly, the weak things, the base things, the despised things, yeah. Okay, so he knew his life and his words would be a witness and and he knew too that God would give him the grace to finish the course, he knew that. He knew that without God's enabling grace, he wouldn't be able to finish. But God is an enabling God. And those he calls, he also enables. So if you hear that call of God, you know he is going to enable you to do whatever he calls you to do. Um, And he only spoke what the Lord asked him to say. And he only proclaimed what the Lord had done. He says in 1 Corinthians, you know, we preach Christ and him crucified. Um, He talked about the fact that he had been crucified with Christ and he no longer lived. As far as Paul was concerned, he only spoke the words of Christ and he only did what Christ had done. And all he was interested in was not that you would like him or that you would think him a great person. It was simply that you would turn from looking at him to look at Jesus. And that's what we're doing. If you go out on the street, and Maureen and Joel will say more about it, but if you go out on the street, you're not getting people to talk to you. You're asking the Lord to speak to them through you. Mm -hmm. You're just like the the box, the radio box on the side of the road, you know, and the message coming through you is not from you, it's from someone else. And so He will give you those words because He wants you to do that. And then finally, He... He's talking here in this uh, this uh, section about watchmen. He says, "I'm not." Um, therefore, verse 26. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. And Paul's thinking back to Ezekiel, of this uh, uh, speaking in Ezekiel Ezekiel 3 and 33, that if you are a watchman, if you know the truth, you are are responsible to warn other people you are responsible to let them know what's coming and in a way what he's saying is i told everyone about the salvation that was available in jesus christ Therefore, when I stand before the Lord, I, will have no, I don't have to say anything to Him about why I didn't speak here and why I didn't speak there and what kept me from doing this and what kept me from doing that. And of all things, that's what I want. I don't want to stand before the Lord and have to say, well, I couldn't do that or I didn't do that or because I know that all the reasons that keep me from doing things will amount to nothing compared to what I could have accomplished if I had done what he called me to do so we're talking about um, we're talking about Romans like yesterday if if you were here you remember we talked in Romans about Paul saying how will they believe unless they hear and how will they hear unless someone preaches and how will someone preach unless unless he is sent that's what this morning is about it's about us recognizing that we are being sent out with the message of the Gospel for the sake of all the people that we meet, because God so loved the world that he didn't want any to perish. Mm -hmm. That he gave his only begotten son so that anyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's what you are offering to people when you talk to them about Jesus.